Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. Oh my gosh, I tell you what, Lucy Billingsley is an icon in our city, and I can't wait to tell you about her. Uh, Lucy was born into a family of the world-renowned real estate developer Trammell and Margaret Crow, and she was raised with five brothers. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the only girl. Her father... Trammell came from actually very humble beginnings. As I read about him, I could just imagine him knowing him as he was successful, visualizing some of the things they said about Trammell, even plucking chickens once <laughs> when he was earning a lot of odd jobs. And I think because of that, Lucy grew up with some really wonderful pearls of wisdom, which she's going to share today. But you know, uh, being born in that family, she just took the, as we say in Texas, the bull by the horn, and she made her own reputation, which we're going to talk about a lot today. She and her husband, Henry, in 1978 actually started uh, their own company, Billingsley Company, which we'll talk about today. And I, I think personally that the company is known for not only their portfolio of real estate developments, but the artistic flair that goes along with it and the, the sincere desire to have developments that are about people living and working in places that they just love to look around and be a part of. And I think that's different too. Uh, Lucy gave me a pearl of wisdom that I'm going to throw up on the screen right now. She said to me, you know, to be able to think of how we can enrich the lives of others, how lucky we are to have the pleasure of our work, I make decisions grounded in doing what is right, i.e., the story of the book, Doing What is Right for the Long Term. Now, before we begin, I have a quick video clip that says it all about Lucy. So now let's talk about Moxie. Mary Poppins had Moxie. Betty Davis had Moxie. Moxie's being brash and smart and fun and free and independent and willing to go for it sounds like Dallas women. <laughs> well, welcome, Lucy. Well, a thrill to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It Way too grand an introduction, but uh, <laughs> fun to get to sit down and visit. Well, you're seven feet tall in that introduction, yeah, yeah, right. and it's packed into, what, five feet tall? Yeah, yeah, five feet. <laughs> I'm, and, and holding. And holding. Yeah. Lucy, you have moxie. Uh -huh. the, um, the, the thing you said about that that was wonderful, moxie is being brash, smart, fun, free, independent, uh -huh. willing to go 
for it sounds like a Dallas woman. That's you. <laughs> well, I think a lot of Dallas women. That's the nature of this city and the spirit of the people here. And we're just in a really great place to be. Lucky to be here. Yeah, we really are, aren't we? Yeah. Thank goodness it's in the center of the country and it's not too cold and it's not too warm. It's a great place to be a developer for all those oh, wonderful yeah. great things. Great economy, great diversity of business, yes. great can-do spirit. Yeah, Texas is pretty darn good. What do you love most about what you're developing in our fair city and state? Well, um, what our, our approach is, my husband buys large pieces of land, and then when it's time to develop it, I run right in the door and say, me, 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 I can do this. <laughs> and, and what we want to do is be so thoughtful about each step we take, because we're going to influence all the other steps to come. Mm -hmm. So. Um, first, we plan the public areas, and what's the public environment? And it be an office park, or retail, or residential, or uh, industrial, and all of them. Mm -hmm. um, what's the public environment? And then we we create the parks, and we we try to strategize for what the full vision might be, and. Um, uh, that public arena part is quite a thrill uh, because you have to uh, care about spatial relationships but you want to be bringing nature in and you want to be bringing art in and it's the pedestrian and, and all the pieces together um, hopefully when we if we do it right people will walk down a trail or a sidewalk or drive down the street and just think how lovely and just think, but that's the way it should be. This is mm. Texas. Mm. That's what we want to do. We want to create the Texas you wish you were from. Oh, I love that. Well, it's fun. It's fun to keep that idea in our minds. It is, and you've been doing it. You know, the art part, the yeah. art part, Lucy. So obviously, yeah. Trammell loved art. Yeah. What is it about the art that you personally uh, envelop? Or is there any particular kind of art that you like personally in your own homes? Well, sure. I mean, we're all attracted to different things. I don't. We're not collectors. We're not. Um, we're not so studied in the arts that we're strategic in that kind of way. So the main engagement I like in the arts, business-wise, mm -hmm. first I'll answer, talk about that. Is I want to create a piece of sculpture or get, have a piece of sculpture or a painting. Then when you walk by it, you feel better because it's there. It complements you. You know, we don't have liberal arts in our adult lives, mm -hmm. and that's what we can bring to each other in in these creating these places filled with art. So, office lobbies, parks, uh, in the multifamily, in the residential areas, in the gardens. Um, so we really get to infuse a lot of art around. I personally really have enjoyed buying some contemporary Asian art. Um, and it's because dad and mom really loved Asian art and, and it had traditional. And you could just see that brush stroke, that traditional one that was so uh, precise and yet flowing, uh -huh. it's turned into some wild, beautiful contemporary pieces. Just the brushstroke from 1930 to 2020. Obviously the Crow Museum and uh, that we are so proud of in Dallas. And one art piece that I walked by, Lucy, I was told that it was done with a fingernail. <laughs> and I, I mean... Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The, the precision that's needed yeah. in this, and the and who has that idea? Uh -huh. You know, it's 
fingernail. Yeah. That's I thought that was really it was incredible. Yeah. It was incredible. So let's go back to that for a moment. One of you, there's so many developments, and I'd love you to mention several. Yeah. But start with Cypress Waters, yeah. and we've got a picture of it. Oh, good. And oh, there you go. I mean, this is a big, big deal. What was, is, what is, and what started with the vision for this incredible sprawl? Well, it's a thousand acre development just, you know, uh, above DFW Airport at Beltline and LBJ. Mm -hmm. And when we bought it, um, it also has a 300 acre lake. Well, where in Dallas can you have a lake? Obviously, it's few and far between. And we don't have lakes that you can have the hike and bike trail, or you can live on it or you can work on it or you have the restaurants and we're able to bring all that together and we added a sound stage and park so um, now we're bringing in what are the events and how do we you know have the place come alive because we want the people who live at Cypress Waters but mm -hmm. who live in Capel and Irving and Grapevine all the areas near mm -hmm. to come consider it their place we've got two miles of the trail on the lake built out on North Lake mm -hmm. and that'll be a seven mile loop around the entire lake and connect to Campion Trails well that's that's to me that's something that'll that's... live on way beyond any of us yeah so the and and when we bought the property the lake was bigger than this we drained part of it so now we've been planting all these trees we instantly planted 500 trees because we just wanted something to start growing <laughs> so by the time the trails came around the you know there'd be some nature there so we're really getting to create a natural landscape we're trying to plant things that are going to get the ducks coming in and <laughs> you know we 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 want to have wildlife uh, come and own it and have it be theirs as well it's it's, it's incredible a lot of how much is left to develop Oh, 70%. Really? You know, we've really just started. Um, we've probably got, um, I'm not good at tracking things, but let me say 12, 15 office buildings, and we can probably go four times that. Wow. And then um, we've got a couple of thousand multifamily units, residences, great views looking out on the water yeah. and we're be able to go many times that and 7-eleven uh, headquarters so, yeah 7-eleven's there, there uh, oh. nokia corelogic brinker uh we've got we're so lucky with this great group of tenants that we have um so we're um really privileged to be creating a new fun casual yet sophisticated all the office buildings near the water have balconies on them All and of we've them. done it because mm. we just want we want people to be officing inside but walking out on the balcony and engaging or listening to the band that we've got going on we want this to be um not where you bring in hard buildings that are ed edifices but mm. where you bring in life that's engaged um so this is this Texas you wish you were from. Oh, my goodness, Lucy. Well, it is incredible, and, well, and we've been that. watching it as we will so many others. You had to have had challenges. Oh, sure. Is there a major or a interesting story behind in the process of getting this up and going that you share with us and how you handled it? I'd better say I've had challenges <laughs> my whole life, so <laughs> yeah. just, just pick where you want it to be. But I'll you're asking about Cypress Waters in particular. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sure. Um, and in the very beginning, um, we are in the city of Dallas, mm -hmm. and all the utilities to service this um, uh, 
are not close by. So let me say it another way. We're in the city of Dallas, surrounded by Capel and Irving. And so it was a major logistical feat to bring how to get all the utilities and services there, how to work with the neighboring cities. And um, uh, it was real hard for a long time. Mm. Um, the, this, this had been an area that had been a park area, it'd been, and people did not want to see it developed. So there's a great oh. deal of resistance. And um, we have tried to, and I, I think very successfully, the, both the communities next to us have been kind and good in working with us. They, they know we're here, and we've tried to be respectful by giving and creating these public spaces and communities mm -hmm. that are theirs. So, sure. you know, nobody cares about a border. We just care about living together rightly. That's that's, yeah. that's doing it right. Yeah, uh, okay, so have you always had moxie? Have you always um, had self-confidence, Lucy? Um, I don't know that I deserve self-confidence, but um, uh, I, I somehow I've always been pretty comfortable with myself. There are a lot of things that I could and should and would be ought to be better at and you can give me the list I can give the list we all have those lists um, but I sleep well and you know I know there are a few things one thing to be able to sleep well is I never want to violate my own integrity there you go. and so if I can hold that mm -hmm. I can not be smart enough I can I can not be a lot of things but if I never violate my own integrity I, I sort of like myself okay mm. That's amazing. I asked that question specifically because in the coaching part of what I do, Lucy, oftentimes, and it seems to be particularly women, but not always, it will come out after we have the trust relationship that that their people are going through some things that have have hampered their self confidence, even at yeah. the CEO top level. Uh, and then in research, I found that women in a survey were asked top-level women were asked this question, do you ever doubt yourself? Do you ever lack self-confidence? And this is what was so interesting. Every single one, every single one said, oh, my goodness, there are times when I think, oh, I hope they don't know I don't know. Or, oh, my gosh, I've got to, I've got to figure that out. I don't know. What does that mean about me? That, that, those little times, right? So um, that's why I brought it up. I just wondered if you had ever had any of those little well, times. Uh, no, there's so many decisions that yeah. I, I may not be the right one with all the information. Exactly. Um, so I certainly uh, lack confidence in how to make the decision the right, but I'm not second-guessing myself because of it. Good. I know I just don't have all the knowledge or all the facts, and I know I need to bring others in, and I'm glad to do it. You know, uh, I'm, I'm glad to be told I'm wrong. Um, I may try a little bit harder, <laughs> push back a little bit, but all of those things are... That's a team. Yeah, yeah, and, you know... You know, that's like people say, I wanted to marry Mr. Right, just not Mr. Always Right. You know, and, you know, we want, we want to be right as much as we can. But Tell us about Henry and, and uh, in the working relationship. How does that work together? Okay, so Henry and I are partners. Yeah. We built the company together, and um, we uh, have the exact same goals. We have very different approaches, and... Um, Henry's belief is if he does three things that are really significant right each year, then that's a home run. Hmm. And 
For me, on the other hand, I've got a list of 20 things I need to get done today. <laughs> and so I have to pull myself back and, and try to be more focused. And, um, and then I like a lot of deals. It's pretty easy to sell me. I get excited and I want to run and go do it. And uh, he really likes the deal he's working on, his deal. His you know? deal. So he's much more uh, uh, stringent on his standards. <laughs> um, and, and we both know that there's no deal that's more important than the relationship. And uh, so, you know, when, when we're coming in and diving into it, uh, we've now done this together long enough that we probably know what the other one thinks. Probably. Uh, we can just clearly finish each other's sentences. And now we have three of the kids in the business. That's and, good. Well, and so, you know, they also know our personalities. They can totally confess our sins. And, <laughs> um, you know, they bring a lot to the table. And eight grandchildren. Yeah, that's right. That's a blessing. Yeah. Added blessing. We've talked yeah, about that's that. Exactly right. You know, Lucy. I don't know if you know this, but I have followed you since I was mm, years old when you were running the Dallas Market Center. That's the big fashion center in Dallas. And back in those days, right? right. We didn't have online, and so all right. the buyers around the country, both furniture and clothing, started with clothing, right. uh, yes. would come to Dallas. And I actually, when I was a teenager, modeled for one of the little. Oh, really? Showrooms. What's fun? <laughs> yes, and met Kim Dawson yeah. and became friends with her. But but I knew of you. Didn't know you, but yeah. I knew of you all uh, those years. Yeah. Um, what part of did in what you're doing now? What was anything that specific that was a, a lesson learned? You were only what 27 in your 20s when you yeah, ran yeah. that. Right, right, right. I was in yeah. 27, 28, 29, and then into my 30s uh, uh -huh. running the Market Center. And I mean, that was uh, a thrilling experience. This is a business dad had launched. So, uh, but I started out in accounting and then worked my way through all the different departments. Um, and, um, you know, loved the business. Fascinating bringing wholesalers and retailers together. Um, we got to grow the business a lot, mm -hmm. clearly made some mistakes. Uh, and um, it was an interesting business because. Uh, when you're talking about looking at trends and where's the economy going, we all want to know where do you read tea leaves? And wholesale right. to retail is a great place to read the tea leaves and then the consumer uh, buying patterns. And I was there in the 80s when technology was just starting to come in. And then you could also see the globalization, technology, buying patterns would be changing around the world, and clearly they have. Any mistakes you'd be willing to own up to? Oh, sure. I, I made a huge mistake. Um, the um, furniture industry was very big in Dallas, and the Furniture Retail Association came to me, and they wanted to bring a show of manufacturers from Asia, furniture manufacturers from Asia, in a tip ratio show mm. to the Dallas Market Center. <laughs> and the... Um, furniture manufacturers in America, um, primarily in the Southeast, are, are, were our big tenants. And they came to me and said, in no way. Oh. And I didn't listen to them. I listened to the retailers and let the show come because my thinking was the retailers are their customers and their customers is always right. Well, I was just very wrong. Mm -hmm. The uh, that broke the relationship with the furniture manufacturers from the southeast. The a, retailer, the excuse me, the wholesalers that came over from Asia didn't sell a lot, mm. and it was. Um, so I'll go to another cliche, dance with the one who brung you. And that's what I didn't do. 
So uh, big mistake on that behalf. Big lesson, so. Yeah, and that's yeah. where, you know, we don't muscle up when we're <laughs> yeah. when we're just smooth and sailing. It's when we pull up those sails, right? Yeah, yeah, when things get tough. Let's talk about you personally. How many books do you want to write? Oh, none. No, 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 <laughs> really? none. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Not one book you have no. in yourself? No. Hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm happy to talk a lot, but I'm certainly <laughs> not a writer. Have people uh, pr- uh, proposed it to you? Like, why don't oh, you write yeah, a book? No, no. Somebody casual like you just is a, a throwaway line. Nobody ever wants to read anything I write, and nobody <laughs> comes to ask me for opinions. So uh, I'm, I'm just fine like I am. Uh, Thank okay. you. Okay, well, you've got a lot on your plate. Yeah, well. One of the things, Lucy, that's on your plate right now, and I, I don't want to dismiss this, and I do want to talk about the virus that is yeah. uh, hitting our country. And that's uh, something I'm sure, like me, who would have ever thought in our lifetime something like this would happen. With the amount of people and the immensity of your business, what are some of those values and um, leadership attributes that you're <laughs> pulling up to handle this right now? What, what are you doing, Lucy? Well, first off, I think that um, it's, it's taken me personally a minute to absorb, uh, you know, to, even in starting to watch China in January, to absorb that, um, you know, we are really full in. Yeah. Um, and that in, it's uh, obviously personal for all of us and our friends and, and associates in health and our responsibilities in our business. And I think the economy um, in real estate in Dallas, we've been like we're on a racetrack for mm-hmm. the past 10 years when we just hit the wall. Mm-hmm. And so um, to know that, then we've been spending the past week first saying, what are we doing for our employees? Mm-hmm. What are we doing for our residents? What are we doing for our office buildings, for our office tenants? Um, what are the expect? What can we learn? But what are the expectations of um, this as well as the realities? And so we are setting in policies and making announcements today that are very similar to others on how to work from home or who can work from home and and taking care of the children and, and so many things mm-hmm. to say, how do we do rightly? Mm-hmm. How do we expand our own um, uh, policies in, inside the company for time off and all of that to accommodate this situation? On the business side, with the buildings, we are in touch with all of our tenants and leaders across the board uh, and, and not just our normal working contacts, but getting to the heads of the companies that are here mm-hmm. to make sure that they know we want to hear any and everything that they are concerned about. Um, and then people are working from home. So now in our apartments, they're there during the days. That's right. And so how do we make them feel safe? How do we help them get outdoors? How do we create activities? And um, and food deliveries, how do we make their lives be healthy and productive? Mm-hmm. Um, and the uh, last thing that has jumped into our thinking about this really came from an email that Chad West sent out to city council members and he was saying now let's look at the community Mm. and how do we help the food be delivered to people what about the kids who aren't getting the food in school so can we rise to the occasion of 
uniting the community together. Uh, in a discussion last night, I was told about how uh, the North Texas Food Bank, Meals on Wheels, VNA, um, they all need a lot of deliveries. And pe people in restaurants, hourly people in restaurants, um, are going to have their hours cut back yeah. and they're going to need pay. So some volunteers are coming together to say, can we contribute money to these food deliveries, North Texas at Food Bank and VNA and or for the nursing and then the Meals on Wheels? How can we contribute money so you, the nonprofit, can pay the restaurateur to be a volunteer? That's so great. let's get the food delivered and let's take care of this employee. Let's mm -hmm. keep each other employed and let's wrap our arms around the community. And I think that um, kids in our apartments, can. we were talking about how do we get them um, arts and crafts projects to make to take to a retirement community. Aww. What What is the idea? I don't know the idea, but it's the idea is whatever somebody wants to do to help the community. That's what the idea is. It's it's. Uh, and I think that's an exciting way for us to come through this and feel stronger and better about each other. I love your positivity. Well, this is going to be tough. <laughs> well, it's tough. But yeah. you know what? It's exactly what you said, Lucy. When the rubber hits the road, people will get together and just think about, as you were talking about all those ideas, I couldn't help but go to think about the creativity that's going to come out yeah. from people and have an opportunity for them to say, oh, you liked that idea. Well, what about having the kids? You know, yeah. I mean, so it's a, it's a, it's a tenuous time. I can't, I, I just can't thank you enough for even being here. Even uh, before you got here, the studio made sure that the table yeah. was wiped down. And so, it will not be the same again, probably. Right. We'll be watching a different trend. But I do want to ask you about trends of, of lifestyle, because right. you study that. So what's the new way of, of the generations now coming up? What are they looking for in life and in living? Well, now there I should, should have better <laughs> answers and more knowledge than I do. Um, I, I think my answers are fairly uh, obvious. Um, you know, obviously, this online everything, um, and and now I'll infuse into it this this circumstance of the coronavirus. This isn't just a few months here. You know, this is this could be eighteen months. We're gonna we don't know the ebb and flows. So how does it change life patterns? Mm -hmm. And um, I think this online world that we have and the social distancing is something we really need to monitor and and do things to ensure that our children stay healthily engaged with each other. I know if I had had to homeschool my children, they would be either be ignorant or <laughs> hanging from the ceiling, or I'd be hanging from the chandeliers, the rafters. Um, so I think we really got to work on how do we get these teams and the integration and keep children's lives um, very well connected with each other because those peer groups need to not be online they need to be together as friends that's true very true so what do you do when you're stressed how do you refresh yourself oh i do yoga and i jogged forever uh, sadly i'm now on a treadmill um, I, I like the outdoors, um, but uh, that's uh, yeah, what I do. Yeah. Okay. 
We all need something. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. We all exactly need something. Right. A couple other things I wanted to talk about before we go. Um, you said you said in uh, another pearl of wisdom that when you're negotiating it's important to understand what another party or person wants or needs when it comes to negotiation business and life for that matter isn't life just all about negotiations well which maybe means life's all about understanding each other isn't it and learning from each other uh, being inspired by each other. Oh. It's a fun ride. Well, tell us about the ride in your company. How would you describe your culture? Well, I'm a biased source. <laughs> so I'm, That's okay. I'm probably not the best person to ask. Um, well, I, you know, um, I want to hire great people, and I want to be wrapped around a common goal and head down that track together. I'm not interested in managing anyone um, because I don't want to be managed. I mean, that is even... I don't even like the idea of managing a person. Um, so um, I, I hope that uh, we've got that kind of environment living well in our company. Um, but I see the skill sets of the people that are on our team, and um, and I've seen them grow and grow and grow. and. They're getting so strong. I'm now saying I've got to go figure out how to redefine myself because they can all do these things. So what what added value am I bringing to this? And I'm motivated because I'm not leaving, so I've got to figure this one out. (laughs) Well, you know, that goes to one of the things that I do a lot of, which is personal branding. So uh, I'll just ask you this. If there's one word that you think is your brand, what what would you say, Mm -hmm. Lucy? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, the words come into my mind that you know my siblings or my husband or my kids would say. Yeah, I uh, and that's good. Yeah, I'm energetic. Okay, energetic. Yeah. Well, I would say that's, so. <laughs> that, that's that's and optimistic, you know. And the, let's go back uh, quickly to the the values you talked about that are everything about what you're doing and how you've lived your life. What was maybe a, a lesson learned or something your father and your mother, one from each, yeah. that just really stuck with you as a kid? Well, it's, that's easy. Okay. Um, uh, with Dad, there are lots of pearls of wisdom, but the one I reflect on uh, most frequently is he said, it's all up to you. And what's that mean, it's all up hmm. to you? Is that an obligation? Is that a burden? And the answer is no. Your life is yours. You have the freedom to take it and run with it. So whatever comes your way, the good, the bad, it's up to you. So I love that as a real um, uh, point of freedom. So from my mom, um, very different kinds of advice. Uh, Mostly it's how to be a lady and things that you can see I didn't learn as well as I should have. But one of her... Uh, statements to me that I laugh at um, is she said you feel good when you look good and I thought no I feel good when I'm in my jogging shorts but that's not when I look good and so her whole um, sensibility was how do I compliment other people and it's looking good it's being kind it's being engaged so um, that was uh, you know a wonderful gift those are great pearls of wisdom so what's one one major message that you have tried to instill in your children and grandchildren oh 
Well, I've probably said them both here. I, you know, I've, obviously I've said, dads, it's all up to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the uh, the other, I mean, there's there's not one, sorry. I, I'm going to fail on one. giving this Give a, uh, answer. Give us more than one. Um, obviously, never violate yourself. Mm-hmm. Never violate your integrity. Um, but then go for it. Mm-hmm. This is one wild and precious life. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, don't when people say do things outside the box, throw the damn box away. <laughs> Who needs the box? That's great. Just let it roll yeah. and and set your own rules. Don't look at the standards of others, but set your own standards, mm-hmm. and then try to live by those. It's, it's all about authenticity, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah but uh, authenticity that gets that um, where you. You try to be better all the time. All the time. I just mm-hmm. you, you just don't need the authentic me. You you've got to see the new and improved me. <laughs> I need to get that. I need to find the new and improved. Well, That's we're what I need always evolving, right? Uh, yeah, we're always yeah. learning. The day that we quit learning, just you know, put us under the yeah, under the right. under the ground. Right. What a what a wonderful uh, opportunity. And and I do want to show a picture that I think you will appreciate. Your dog. Oh. You're a dog lover. <laughs> a French bulldog. I did not yeah, know yeah. what a French bulldog was. Tell yeah. us about. Shadow. Yeah, yeah. Well, my, my daughter got a French bulldog, and uh, actually, we gave it to her for her birthday. And then a couple of years uh, later, I'd never had an in-house dog, and I thought, well, we even like this dog. <laughs> we didn't know we were going to. So then she gave us Shadow, and you know, it's the same story. Uh, all my dogs had always lived outside. Oh, Shadow can come in, not on the sofa. Okay, on the sofa, not on the bed. Okay, on the bed, not under the covers. Okay, under the covers, and Shadow goes to work with us every day. So <laughs> Shadow's uh, taken over. Oh, absolutely. And we can learn a lot by dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, they talk about training dogs. I was well trained. It took me a minute to catch on, but now I'm trained, and so Shadow's pretty happy. That's great, uh, Lucy. What fun! It's just yeah. been a joy. I appreciate you so much coming on the show today, and no, and wish you pleasure. truly God's blessings with all that you've got on your plate and so um, as always I say to my guests just know that I appreciate your comments I appreciate your subscribing of course to the podcast and uh, sharing it especially I mean this one is just one please just share it all over the world please because it's pretty special I think and also send me Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Send me what has been impactful today from something that Lucy has said. What what has kind of hit you? And if you do that, I will send you. Uh, I wrote for 10 years for Southwest Airlines Magazine, so I've got a lot of articles, and I'll send you one of them that relates to our show today. All you have to do, be the first of 10 that send it in, your comments, Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. And until next time, just keep evolving your brand, as Lucy said, being the best of the best of who you are. That's what life is about. Go for it. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically. 
So here's my Valerieism for the day. It's this. If you live to make a difference, you'll be more fulfilled as you live to build your living. And I want to tell you about a story on that, because at the end of the day, what would you say is more important, money or people? Now, if you're saying money, you can just tune me out. If you say people, stay tuned, because that's what life is about. I've experienced someone uh, in the last few years that is perfect person to share with this Valerieism. His name is Don. And Don was a very humble giant of a CEO. Can you get that visual in your mind? A humble giant CEO. He had a leadership mindset that every day when he came to work, his first thought was, what am I going to do today to make a difference in people's lives, he meant. And so every day when he came to work, he looked for those opportunities. And you know, when you have your eyes and your ears open, you see and you hear things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise. And so the day came when he had to make a very difficult decision. And he stopped and he paused and he said to himself, what decision can I make that will make a difference in the people aspect. He always went to that default. And the end of the story is he did make the right decision and it served him well. And when he passed, there were so many people that came to the funeral and came up to his children and told them stories that they never knew about the things that Don did for other people that no one ever knew. In other words, what do you do that you don't tell other people about? What are those things you reach out and make a difference in and you don't have to spout it out to the world. It's just coming from your heart. And things like, well, Don, you know, did you know Don put me through college? That was one of them I remember. Did you know Don uh, sent me on a trip that I had needed to go on and I couldn't and he heard and he just said, here's the airplane ticket. And he did things that made a difference and thus his living was more than successful. That's my Valerieism for today.